and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. Today, we're going to talk about macOS Ventura as well. We both have it on our MacBooks and have some thoughts on our favorite features and features that we have mixed feelings about. So we'll break that down for you this episode, help you decide whether you want to try these features or not. Um, And we'll also just do all of our usual best apps and top tips. Now a word from our sponsor. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by Matthias. Matthias makes keyboards that look and feel like the discontinued Apple keyboards, but they've improved upon the design a lot. For one, they've added the numeric keypad over on the side. I think this is essential, especially if you're doing spreadsheet work, anything where you're inputting a lot of numbers. I personally find the number pad to be critical on a keyboard. They've also added two extra USB ports so you can connect a mouse, a hard drive, anything you want right there to your keyboard. There's a precision volume adjuster right on the top and I've got the wired version, but they also have a wireless version, a Bluetooth one that can pair to your iPhone your iPad, your Mac, up to four devices, and you can switch between them in an instant with the push of a button. The wireless one also has an incredible battery life. You only have to charge it once a year. Also, I just wanna say it feels great to type on. They've really improved on the form of the keyboard. Honestly, no matter how you use your computer, it's such a game changer to have a good quality keyboard. It makes such a difference in your daily quality of life. You can find Matthias keyboards at matthias.ca. That's M-A-T-I-A-S dot C-A. Upgrade your keyboard today with Matthias. So before we get into the episode, I wanted to take a minute to tell you about our free offering. It's called iPhone Life's Tip of the Day. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip, you can sign up and get a one-minute tip in your inbox every day that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone A lot of people we hear like to uh, read their daily tip over their morning coffee, and you can just discover something cool and new with no time basically um, applied to it. So our tip of the day is super popular. We have over 350,000 people now on the daily tip. Isn't that right? Yeah. So (laughs) join the other 350,000 people (laughs) who are taking advantage of the daily tip. It's completely free and a great way to learn. I have a tip today that I wanted to share with you all, and it's an iOS 16 one. The health app got some major upgrades, and I didn't really use it that much until this feature came out, and that's how to check medication interactions in the health app. Um, This is a huge breakthrough. Like You could use the Reminders app up until now to remind yourself to take medications. So the fact that you can do that in the health app now, I don't find to be as big of a breakthrough, even though it's nice. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a feature that was also added with iOS 16. But this feature that lets you see the interactions between med- medications you're logging, I think is pretty huge. And, um, you know, for instance, I didn't really realize that actually um, a supplement that I was taking that to me seemed very innocuous actually has really negative interactions with a lot of medications. And now now I just make sure if I'm taking anything new from the doctor that I go and log it in the health app and see like whether it's a mild to severe reaction that it's having with anything else I'm taking. Ibuprofen is another one that sometimes negatively interacts with other things. And it's probably not something you're thinking about that much. 
So I think it's, I mean, it's a really crucial to our health future and um, it's easy to take advantage of yeah, with no, I, I agree. When you get a prescription, usually the pharmacist rattles it off really quickly. They don't necessarily know what other supplements you're taking. They yeah. don't, they're not always as diligent about knowing what other medications are prescribed. And I think it's a really nice feature. And like you said, I know several people now who have entered it into this uh, into the health app and then discovered that there are interactions that they didn't know about. So definitely worth doing if you are on any medications. And how do you do it, Donna? Yeah. So first open the health app. That's no no mystery. Uh, you'll go to the browse tab in the lower right corner. From there, you if you scroll down, you'll see a section that says medications. Um, also, if it's your first time setting this up under the summary tab, which is what you open to when you scroll down, you'll see somewhere in there a prompt to set up medication reminders. That summary tab a lot of times just has um, new things that the health app is rolled out with that you mm -hmm. haven't set up yet. So um, you'll see it there too. But browse is more of a fail-safe way to go. Go to browse, go to medications. Then on the medication screen, you'll hit add medication. And you'll be set, you'll be walked through like a little setup process. You can even like make the pill that shows up it picture that shows up with it match what the pill actually looks like which like <laughs> i haven't gone to the trouble of doing That's but then funny. you see a visual list of all of your medications that you're taking um once you finish logging that if you scroll down past your list of medications there'll be a section that says medication interactions and um it'll just show you there if you tap on it it will um show you what there's like it'll say serious or moderate um, in the, the, our daily tip example, there's uh, one serious, and you tap that, and it'll give you more information about the drug interaction and why why they um, don't work well together. So it'll show you not only like medications that don't work well together, but it'll also show um, if alcohol or marijuana doesn't work well with a medication, which is also important to know. For instance, if you go on antibiotics. Sometimes if you drink, it'll make you very sick. And so yeah. it'll tell you things like that. Yeah. Although that's when actually the doctor usually will tell you. I've but... had to ask. Whenever I go on antibiotics, I always make a point of asking because they don't always specify. I asked that most recently and I feel like they make me made me feel like a total lush. They're like, oh, yeah, like you young people drinking. I should have thought to tell you that. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I asked recently and they go, in moderation. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, if I drink too much, it'll make me sick regardless. True. Yeah. Okay. As we get older, Moving also right more and along. more. Yeah. As we get older, in moderation is just good advice for everything. Yeah. So check out the Health Apps New Medication Interaction Tip. Um, we're going to link to this in the show notes as well uh, if you want more of a step-by-step -step breakdown to log all your medications. But I'm excited about this feature. I've been using it and like it a lot. Next up, I wanted to take a minute to tell you about iPhone Life Insider. That's our premium educational service that teaches you everything you need to know about your Apple devices. And we make it really fun and easy to learn the way that works for you, whether you wanna sit back and let an expert instructor walk you through lesson plans um, in our live courses, or whether you prefer on-demand videos with our premium guides that you can watch these pretty short bite-sized videos that on, um, features from iOS 16 to all about the iPad to uh, Mac OS. We've got guides on all of that. And we also have downloadable PDFs that go along with the videos. So you can have sort of a coffee table PDF to look over and follow along with, as well as videos that you can watch while you have your device out and are following along. 
So we do our best to make it really easy to learn about your Apple devices because we know that you are Apple enthusiasts. If you're watching this podcast, you love your Apple devices and you want to get more out of them. We also have Ask an Expert, a feature that lets you contact someone on our editorial team and get a guaranteed answer for those times where you get stuck. Plus, you get a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine and an ad-free version of this podcast. And I feel like I'm forgetting something, our daily video tip. So the daily tip I was just telling you about, you get a video version of that. So a one minute video that walks you through a cool new feature. So you're constantly discovering new hidden features of your Apple devices that you didn't know about. So you can get 30% off Insider right now as a podcast listener. So you can go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and redeem that. Not only that, but you also can get our senior discount if you're 60 or over, or if you're a veteran service personnel or teacher. So go check that out. iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. And the senior discount's an additional 10% off on top of the 30%. And we're coming out with an iPad guide this month, which I'm really excited about. It's gonna walk you through everything you need to know for iPad OS 16, plus all the core fundamentals for using your iPad. Yeah, I'm excited for the updated iPad guide. And there's some crossover features between the iPad and Mac OS Ventura that we're gonna talk about in this episode, like Stage Manager, which will be covered in the guide. So make sure to sign up for Insider. (laughs) So we have a question from one of our insiders who wrote in to ask an expert, and we wanted to share um, for other people who might be having this problem. It's one that I've definitely had. I can delete apps on my iPhone and they stay deleted. On my iPad, deleted apps reappear after a few days, Stephen wrote in. So uh, we wrote back, Stephen, there are a few things that may be happening. First, I'd check parental controls, settings, screen time, content and privacy restrictions, then iTunes and App Store purchases. Make sure deleting apps is set to allow. So that's something you might have set up. That That's one reason the apps may be reappearing, that if you have that feature disabled to delete apps. But that really only applies if you are with parental controls, as you might guess, if you ha- are like restricting a child from downloading apps. What's probably more likely yeah, the is the second, second step here. was, yeah. you can also go to settings, app store, and then make sure app downloads under automatic downloads is toggled off. And so this is what was happening for me. This is a setting that automatically downloads free and paid apps that you've purchased on other Apple devices mm. on your iPad. And I thought this was a feature that I wanted at first. I was like, yeah, well, if I bought it on my iPhone, obviously like I wanna take advantage of it on my iPad too. But it actually, I've found to be kind of annoying. I, a lot of times I like to manually curate what apps I have on each device. And it's ended up making my iPad feel cluttered. And there's a lot of times like app downloads happening as I'm trying to use my iPad that's slowing it down. And, and I'm like, I'd rather just go to, in the app store, you can always see your purchased apps and choose to download them if you want to. And there's a lot of apps that you download for very specific reasons that are used, that are often iPhone related, like apps for, let's say, Starbucks. You want to use when you're at a Starbucks location, you're not going to have your iPad with you to like scan the QR code there. So exactly. there's a lot of apps you download that you don't want. And I, I think I have this toggled on, but I agree. I always have mixed feelings about it. I think the thing that I don't like is just like I went and cleaned up my iPad because it doesn't have as much storage. Um, and then they're like re-downloading and appearing because I have this toggled yeah, on. The same thing annoying. that was happening for Steven. And that feels annoying. You're like, you're overriding this choice I made, which is, isn't is nice. <laughs> um, I So this is a little bit of a tangent, but I took a big risk and I 
well, so update one, I got my iPad. You did? Yeah, I got it last night. Oh, I was going to be like, I could have sworn we talked about yeah, this yesterday. Yeah, we literally talked about yesterday about how I hadn't gotten my iPad. And I was like, you know what? I should get my iPad. So I went and got my iPad. And I took a big risk in uh, going to uh, getting a smaller storage size. So I have 256 gigabytes of storage for my iPhone. And I have 128 gigabytes on my iPad. And the logic was that a lot of the things that are taking up storage on my iPhone, I don't really need on my iPad, like podcasts, um, which, you know, don't get me started on the podcast app managing storage. But I don't really listen to podcasts on my iPad. I can delete it. Uh, and so but I'm bringing this up because this is exact type of feature that's important if you don't have as much storage on your iPad. That when you download apps, if it automatically downloads to your iPad, then it's going to be taking up space. And I have decided to save money and uh, manage that storage a little bit better, which is not like me, but iPads are really expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, I feel like this goes counter to some of the advice you usually give, but I agree at some point you have to draw the line yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Or else you're going to be spending like laptop levels on an iPad, which is a little hard to. To, to accept. So anyway, how do you like your iPad? No, I, I ordered it last night. It has not come in. Oh, I thought you said you got it last night. Yeah, no, I, I ordered it last night. It hasn't come in. Um, the last piece, though, that I will say is Apple now has a more robust trade-in program than they used to. It used to only be iPhones. So I actually traded in my old iPad Pro, which is like three, four years old now. And I got, I think, $210 back. So I was pretty happy with that. It seems like not that much, but I guess it's kind of old. It, it was like, this was before it had the M1s. So it's like three or four years old now. Maybe if I shopped it around on eBay or something, I could have gotten a better deal. But it seemed... But then you're having to shop around on eBay. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and and I did actually look and Best Buy had a better trade-in option, but it required me to actually go to a Best Buy store, which I don't live near one. And so I just said, screw it. Not worth it. Not worth it. Yeah, so that's something we did want to circle back to from last episode. Um, we gave a lot of tips and tricks for getting good deals on Black Friday. We talked about tech we're wanting. So I wanted to follow up and ask you how Black Friday went for you um, and also let you all know that I still haven't bought my iPad. I know for now a couple months I've been talking about it on the podcast and getting all of your advice on which one to buy. And I want to get the new iPad Pro, but there weren't any good deals on Black Friday. Yeah. So are not good enough deals to be inspired. Apple did have a deal where if you bought um, an Apple product, you get a $50 gift card, which is like something. But I don't think that applied to the iPad Pro, actually. Maybe not. Because I waited. Like, I specifically waited for that day, and then there were no good deals for the iPad Pro. Um, there were a lot of good deals for the iPad Pro, the last model, but I as we talked about on this podcast, decided I wanted to just, because I don't upgrade iPads very much, go with the latest and greatest. And there were a couple deals to save $50, but then I couldn't do the trade-ins. And at the end of the day, I just didn't bother. So for Apple products, Black Friday did nothing for me. Um, I do have a product I bought that... So dramatic. Did nothing for me. Nothing. <laughs> Black Friday was a waste. Yeah. I did get a product that I have for my apps and gear section. I don't know if you want me, if we yeah. should launch into it. Okay, this is another one that's very out of character and is going to surprise you. I got an Amazon Echo Dot. <laughs> you're such an Apple fanboy. This is... 
You're just full of surprise. I am an enigma wrapped in a riddle, apparently. <laughs> um, I so I this is the reason why Donna is sounding so shocked. Not only am I just a true blue apple fanboy across the board, I am a big fan of the HomePod. Which like is a rare thing to find. <laughs> like I said, I'm I'm special. <laughs> um, yeah. So the HomePod. The reason, let me start with, to recap my previous stances. The reason why I'm a big fan of the HomePod, people talk about Alexa as being better because it has more quote unquote skills, which is like the Alexa version of an app. Uh, and it's been out longer, so it, it has a little bit more functionality. But in my experience, the HomePod, the fact that it integrates with your iPhone, it integrates with Siri, is so much better and easier to use. Um, it's just instantly set up to all your features. You can, t you know, you can text people from it. It just ties into your calendar. Everything, reminders, uh, and in addition to that. I found it just a little bit more user friendly. Um, so that's the backstory here. I did have an Echo Dot four years ago, five years ago, but it's been a while. Yeah. So the truth of the matter is I actually stand by my stance for HomePod. But HomePod, the HomePod mini cost $99 on Black Friday. They had a deal where for $25, I got an Echo Dot plus a Hue Smart Light, which as you know, and I'm sure everybody knows at this point, I'm obsessed with you smart lights. Yeah, and they're pricey usually. Yeah, so it was like I needed the light anyway, so it was kind of like for $15 I got an Echo Dot versus $99 for a HomePod. Yeah. And it works It works well. It, like I still maintain that a HomePod is better, but for $25 it works pretty dang well. And I think the thing for me, HomePod's also better sound quality. Uh, you can use AirPlay, which I really like. I have a HomePod upstairs in my house and I AirPlay, it's in my bathroom, so I'll often just AirPlay a podcast or music and I really like that feature. Um, but I have the Echo Dot downstairs where really I'm just using it for smart feature functionality. I use it to turn on and off the lights. I use it to like ask what the weather is as I'm walking out the door sort of a thing. and it. It works fine. It was actually way harder to set up than HomePod. Not only the initial setup, but the home smart home functionality. It was like a real hassle to get it to work. It took me forever. But for $25, it was kind of worth it because I wasn't going to pay $100 for that spot. Yeah, I think that's actually kind of a perfect Black Friday tech deal example where like you can get things that are super useful if you're not one, not super attached to it being an Apple product and also not attached to it necessarily being the latest and greatest thing. Yeah. Like all I was on Black Friday shopping all Apple products and tech stuff and like a lot of it was, yeah, Amazon Echoes or older iPads or um yeah, older iPads and older MacBooks, like the M1 MacBook Air that I have. Yeah. Well, I don't want another one of these, you know. So I feel like for a lot of listeners, because I'm assuming a lot of you are getting the latest Apple products, you're not going to get Black Friday deals on the ones that you really want. They, you know, it's not going to be the Apple Watch Ultra. It's going to be hard to find on sale. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, Apple is notorious for not doing great Black Friday deals. Amazon is notorious for doing great Black Friday deals. And that was sort of how it, it bared out. Do you have any Echo speakers? I used to have an Amazon Echo and I did like it, actually. Okay. Um, right now, I don't have a smart speaker. I have a, um, 
I have the Sonos system in the house and then a home iPad that I like use for all of my Siri requests to get stuff going. Oh, interesting. Um, so I have like a, a home pod set up or it means, sorry, an iPad set up in the kitchen with a 12 South, like swivel, um, dock that I really like. So I can use it for like cooking, looking at recipes, mm -hmm. controlling music, doing all that. The HomePod, I don't love that much either. The Amazon Echo, I would get again, but I felt like slightly creeped out by the fact that it seemed to like be always listening to everything and like <laughs> chiming in when I wasn't trying to get it to chime in. I This is uh, admitting something I don't want to be admitting, but I've been watching this reality TV show and one of the characters' names in the show is Alexa. And it is driving me crazy because like every time this character comes on the show, my Alexa speaker starts freaking out and thinking we're talking about her. Yeah. Um, In the latest um, magazine issue, we have an article that's tech mishaps and people wrote in about like the worst tech things that have happened to them. And with Alexa, there's skills that let you order things on Amazon. Oh, no. And they were, I guess, making a joke about uh, a family member starting to date a new girl. Um and that they needed certain adult accessories or something, and then by accident ordered three dozen products that showed up on their doorstep. <laughs> it was so funny. This reader wrote in being like, I'm a 78-year-old widow. No. Like, three dozen of these products showed up on my doorstep with Alexa overheard. If this is not a plug to read the magazine, to sign up to Insiders, you can read the magazine. I don't know what is. I know. But I was like, yeah, that's kind of like the worst nightmare that... Uh, Alexa is listening to everything you're saying. So <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, let's make this, I don't know if we have another question of the day. Let's make this a question of the day. Do you have a smart speaker? And if so, are you on team Alexa slash Amazon Echo or are you on team HomePod? Let us know at podcast at iphonelife.com. I have mine, just to wrap it up, I have mine by the front door, which is, I've discovered actually a really perfect location for it mm. because when I walk in the house, I can use it to control my smart home. So I can like, I can turn on, the, they're supposed to turn on automatically. Sometimes they don't. I can turn on and off the lights. I can also, I'm like, it's embarrassing how often I ask Alexa what the weather is as I'm walking out the door. <laughs> um, so it's, I found it to be a really good location for it. Does it play well with your home, like home kit products? Yes, it does. So that was something that um, I was a little concerned about, but um, it, most home kit products are not just home kit. So if you have an Android phone that has the app, it'll work. If you have an Alexa, it'll work. And so it, it, you have to like, I'll sometimes say Alexa instead of Siri or vice versa. So I have to remember who I'm talking to, but I can turn on the lights with one and then turn it off with the other, for example, and it's fine. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just wrapping up the Black Friday check-in. I did take your advice and made sure to like order a lot of products that I just get all the time. Oh yeah. On the Black Friday deal because it's like everybody offers a deal. Yeah. So I end up spending a lot of money on the Black Friday. <laughs> like, in the long run, I'm saving because there's things I'd buy anyway. I actually, it was good advice and I didn't take it bad advice. I for, like I bought a ton of stuff for my house, but I forgot to buy like the like essentials, like paper towels and stuff like that. You got some good deals on that stuff. I got some good deals on that. I didn't get like paper towels, but like skin products and shampoo. Yeah. And, and then I all I did splurge and get a Dyson. The cordless. Oh, Dyson. they had really good deals on vacuums this year. Really good deal. I, I take this back. I bought a conditioner and it was a really good deal. So I got coursed into it and it came in this tub that is like 
it looks like industrial size. <laughs> and I was a little embarrassed when it showed up to, to see how giant this conditioner is going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like, well, this is a conditioner for the next five years. Um, okay, so we have a little news before we yeah. get into our main, main theme. And that's just that before the end of the year, likely between December and 8th and 12th, from things we've been hearing, is Apple will come out with iOS 16.2 and iPad OS 16.2. And that's noteworthy because there's going to be a new app on your phone. Yeah. It's the Freeform app, which is a whiteboard app that lets you create like diagrams and outlines, sort of um, just like visually outline projects, brainstorm, and it is collaborative. So it somewhat can compete with like other apps that like Google has one. Um, I'm blanking on the name of it now. Do you know what I'm talking about? Google has a whiteboard app that's used more in like business settings, or it's like really good for teachers too, that you could be, you know, projecting it and mm -hmm. showing your classroom. So um, the Freeform app is also on the beta of macOS Ventura and will be coming out soon publicly. But that's something that in our macOS Ventura course we've been playing with and showing everyone. Um, so I did just want to want to mention that for people who care about the free format. And what are your thoughts having played with it for a little bit? So this is a new that's kind of like getting into our Mac OS Ventura setting section. It's a lot of the more practical little features are ones that I'm enjoying more on Mac OS Ventura. Some of the ones that are like kind of the headlining features like stage manager and the free format and share play and messages. I have mixed feelings about like, the mm. app. I, I would be kind of more stretching because I want to use it to like find a way to use it, but I'm not really creating like flowcharts ever. <laughs> <laughs> and like outlining a project like Google Docs works well for me, but like I will say it was really easy to it's it's easy to work with. It's really intuitive. And it's way better than the notes app, like which has drawing features, but it's not well suited to it. Yeah, and I think on the iPad if with your Apple Pencil, it's nice because it works really well with that for sketching things. That's what I was just about to say. It strikes me as an iPad first app that they're also going to give to other things. Same thing with Stage Manager, for that matter. Um, I haven't I like doing our 2023 roadmap. It's like maybe when we're brainstorming, it could be kind of fun to use Freeform. Um, Colin, who is our senior instructor at iPhone Life, said that like different jobs he's had they would use like for brainstorming meetings they would use apps like that and just like fill it up with with notes and ideas yeah i think that's what i was gonna say i think is some of it depends on your thinking style i um i tend to uh, you all can probably tell from the way I speak in the podcast. I think in bullet pointed lists. So, so like I'm fine. Yeah, well, you'll be like doing this. Yeah, I'm like I have three points and I've like nested subpoints in there. So I'm fine just right keeping my notes and thoughts on a bullet pointed list. A lot of people are much more visual in the way they think, and like even if you're not literally doing like a flow chart, um, a lot of people I know will have a iPad and a, and a pencil, Apple Pencil, and like their notes will have a lot of like dry diagrams, all the underlying words, and they like to write instead of type. So for those types of people, I think this is a really good solution. I just don't happen to be that type of person. Are you, like, I don't know how you take yeah. notes normally, but. I'm not. Yeah. Also not as much like that. Um, but yeah, there's some updates to Stage Manager too for the iPad that's coming out. So it should work more smoothly. Um, so that's 16.2 is definitely a more significant update. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Cool. And 
absent gear you already mentioned i talked about my amazon echo dot but let's talk let's talk ai yeah so and promise we will get to mac os ventura shortly but we really wanted to talk about the lens app because i'm sure it's taken the world by storm someone has sent you now an artificial intelligent uh generated image of themselves whether you've seen it on facebook or instagram or someone just messaging it to you i know that like my whole feed is filled with it right yeah. now um and that's using this app called lenza it's a paid app so you do have to pay to, for these images but you just throw in some pictures of yourself and it takes a little while to generate to like run it through its algorithms and create these artificial intelligence enhanced photos of you mm -hmm. Um, so I saw that you did it. I did. I did it too. I haven't shared mine because I felt like they didn't look that much like me. So I wasn't that inspired. In general, part of what's fun about it is it, it, it gives you what feels like an artist drew a photo of you or a portrait of you, but they do it in all these different styles, like action hero or anime, or one of mine looked like a Game of Thrones style. So it's a like portrait of you in these crazy styles, and it's drawn by a computer, by artificial intelligence. So how it works is that it, like Donna said, you upload, I think it's uh, 10 to 15 photos of yourself and it analyzes it and somehow manages to then know what you look like enough to draw your photo. Um, in general, why it's gone viral is it's kind of uncanny. The way it draws you really does look like you. Donna is sort of the exception, though. Yours didn't look like you. Anna's didn't look like her either. Oh, really? But Interesting. A lot of people I've seen, they're like really gorgeous, um, like artistic versions of them, you know? Yeah. It's, it's cool. Like it'll kind of capture the essence of that person, but give them like a totally different style, um, like a lot of different wild hairdos and outfits and yeah like you know like some of them will be kind of like renaissance looking and other ones will look like steampunk like, <laughs> like a different a lot of different filters they're doing um i am having a hard time figuring out like i didn't think through that carefully what selfies i uploaded i just like picked out 10 of the latest ones i had on my phone because i was in a rush mm -hmm. and maybe i should have thought through a little more ones that i felt like really looked like me or looked how i like wanted that to make me look um hey, i did the same thing i just uploaded because i didn't quite realize exactly how it was going to work and i just uploaded the most random ones yeah it was fun it, also i think part of why we bring up here is it's fascinating just from a tech perspective that it's this is really the future i mean the fact that artificial intelligence can so clearly analyze just 10 random photos of you and then draw a really art uh, accurate photo of you is just amazing at how far we've come. So it's worth trying just as a fun experiment uh, it, because it's interesting, it's fun, you get some cool photos. It's called Lenza, it's free to download. You, you do what's like a free trial for a week and then if you don't remember to cancel, I think they charge you like $30 or something. But even after the free trial, you pay like $3 to get 50 photos of yourself. So it's a little bit extravagant because it's not like we need these photos for anything in life. Um, the one thing I do want to mention, there one controversy around, I mean, two controversies. Number one, will AI take over our lives and kill us all? But that's, you know, we'll, we'll put that one aside. Uh, the other one is apparently how AI, this AI works, and I think most AI works, it trains itself off of existing artwork. And so they're drawing all these fantastical styles, all these crazy artwork. And even though it's not directly 
copying existing artwork. It's, it's being really heavily influenced by real world artists who are not consenting and are not given money for it. Um, so there's a whole controversy in the art world of what it does AI mean for, um, you know, plagiarism and stealing art and things like that. So I want to put, put that out there because I think it's an important dialogue. There's also just like the, I don't know if that's what you meant by ruining our lives, but the um, privacy implications or like pe using people's images. Yeah, that's certainly part of it. You're yeah. training an AI to know what you look like. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a kind of uncanny how good the technology is getting. It's pretty amazing. But yeah, like along with advanced technology comes usually some ethical battles and figuring that out, you know? Yeah. Um, so again, the app is called Lenza app. I think it would be fun to uh, put a photo of each of us on. So if yeah. you go to iPhoneLife.com slash podcast, we'll, we'll put photos of what we look like. You can see me as a Game of Thrones character. <laughs> Give me a Game of Thrones one. It's really random what they choose for people. That's yeah. part of it. It's like a computer chose it. And then there's some that are just really funny outtakes because it's clearly not done by a human. So like... People's hands often looked really weird. I had this really hilarious photo that it generated of me with me with this really weird, stupid grin on my face. And I have a T-shirt on with a photo of myself on the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and it looked so like I laughed for so long. I was like, what? computer thought this was a good idea <laughs> a tip for you all. And I, I think we have an article on this. I'll link in the show notes, too, is that with um trials that you do through the app store generally speaking if you cancel the trial it'll still give you through the end of the trial period for free but like a lot of times if you go and download an app like this i would recommend immediately going yes. to the trial so you're not like waiting until the day that um it expires to go and do that which inevitably you'll forget unless you look set a reminder which even then sometimes you'll forget so you can just literally download the app sign up for the free trial then go to the app store on your iPhone, tip, tap your profile, tap subscriptions and go and cancel from there. And you'll still have it for the whether it's seven days or 30 days, you'll still have access. I was just getting ready to say, because I reminded a few people to cancel their subscription because of this exact thing. And all my friends are doing it. And I was surprised at how few people knew how to cancel subscriptions, which yeah. leads me to think that maybe they have a lot of auto renewing subscriptions that they don't know about in the app store. So one more time, you go into settings and at the top the app store. Oh, see, OK, I do it a different way. Oh, so this is interesting. I go into settings. And then I tap my name on the top, and then right there, there's a subscriptions. Oh, okay. So um, through the App Store app or through settings? Yeah, there, there you go. And it's worth checking because pretty much everybody I know who's gone and looked, even for me, actually, I went in, <laughs> I went to cancel this and canceled several other things I didn't realize really? was running. Yeah, so it's definitely worth monitoring that area because those auto renewing subscriptions uh, in the App Store are something you forget to check. Did you find that even with the free trial and canceling it, that they to get the batch of photos, you had to pay something? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I recommend you guys go spend, uh, what is it, $5 and have some AI pictures made of yourself and email us at podcast.iphonelife.com to let us know what you think of Lenza. Yeah. I'm curious if for fun, if you feel up to it, send us a photo of yourself and the AI portrait it drew. Um, and we'll, yes. we'll try to post that somewhere. Podcast at iPhoneLife.com. Yeah. Let us know your results. And to view ours, go to iPhoneLife.com slash podcast and view the most recent episode if that's not already where you're watching us right now. 
So moving on now to macOS Ventura favorite features. Yes. Um, how long have you had macOS Ventura on your computer? Oh, about a month, give or take. I, I did it when I was preparing for the course, so a few weeks before the course. Yeah, same. It's been like a little over a month. And um, so what are some of your favorite features? So what I would say in general, I'm happy with macOS Ventura, but most of the updates are things that are nice to have, but not like flashy and exciting. In particular, they did a lot of things that merged iPhone features with Mac features in a way that I really liked. So for example, I mean, this is a really obvious one, but you can now edit texts on your Mac. That's something we've had on the iPhone for a while, but it was driving me absolutely insane that I couldn't use my Mac to edit text. And if somebody edited a text, it didn't show up properly on my Mac. Um, also, similarly, something that's been driving me insane is that there has been no pass keys app for the um, Mac. And so you have, I manage all my photos with iCloud, or my photos, I manage all my passwords with iCloud. On my phone, it's super easy to find the place where it has all my passwords and edit them and control them. And on my computer, it was way harder. So they now brought that same functionality over. Um, and then finally- Are you talking uh, about in system settings? Or were you good? Yes, yeah. Okay. Um, but it wasn't even there before. I mean, I still maintain that Apple needs a full-fledged app for both iPhone and their computer. So it's not what I wish it were, but it's a lot better, a lot better than it used to be. Um, and then finally, um, the I really like the new system settings. It, it used to be, it's now just called uh, system settings. It used to be called preferences, and now it looks and feels very similar to the iPhone, and it's easy to navigate. Um, I have a few more like flashy things, but I'm just starting on the like the features I'm actually noticing and using in day to day. What about you? Yeah. Um. So I was gonna also say system settings is is uh, an update that I really appreciate because. I'm very familiar now with the settings app on my iPhone and navigating that. And it's nice to have like the controls look the same on your Mac. It just makes yeah, it easier. It's, it's like one it, as they kind of make the operating systems in that way closer. I appreciate that and like it. Um, other things, I, it was fun to learn how to use pass keys. There's only like nine sites that support pass keys right now. So it's not a feature you're going to be able to take very far yet, but it's a cool feature and I'm glad that that you can do it. And basically, just for those of you who don't know it, um, you create an account with any, you know, company the same way that you would before or any site. But then once you enable pass keys, if they support it, when you go to log in, you just use some sort of authentication. If you have touch ID on your Mac, you use that. Um, otherwise it'll like prompt you on your iPhone and you can use touch ID or face ID on your iPhone to log in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you don't have to enter a password. So it's a little bit less of a step to log in and then, but mainly it's making it so that you're not actually registering your password when you're logging in, um, on an, on your computer or especially on someone else's computer. So there's like less ways that, that your accounts can be hacked. Yeah. So it's more secure. I am so excited for this in the future. I agree yeah. with you right now. It's sort of like maybe a few websites are supporting it. It's not a big deal, yeah. but as, yeah. Does, by the way. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. So as we move 
to away from passwords, it's our lives are get so much better. Um, yeah. It's just they're so insecure. It's so easy for, for a hacker to get to a database that has a password. And the better the best solution, obviously, you want to have secure passwords, but also just a world where you can log into this stuff without a password is just so much safer and scarier. So I'm excited for that for the future. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, the shared Safari tab groups are cool. I've started using that for planning an upcoming Mexico trip. Um, it's nice that you can, uh, with other macOS Ventura users or new people with new operating systems, create a grouping of tabs for, for planning something, whether it's a trip or it could be a work project, and then everyone has access to those tabs and can be adding new things for you to check out. Okay. Um, so tab groups has been out for a year. Yeah. But this is now the ability to collaborate is new. That's is cool. Nice. That's cool that you're liking it. I always struggle yeah. with that feature to find good use cases for it. I think now that you can share them, it makes more sense to me. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the some of the new features that I really wanted to like, I'm feeling more mixed about. I also really like being able to edit my texts and unsend them from my computer and have it all. It's nice when like new features just look the same across devices. So that alone makes it worth updating for me. Yeah. But some of the new things like Sage Manager and the Freeform app, those were like kind of the big headlining features that I was the most excited to try and feel pretty sure I'm not gonna use that much. Yeah. So Stage Manager, it's just like another layer to the way that you multitask and use um, your Mac that I don't feel like was necessary. For the iPad, it was a real unsolved problem. Like how do you have multiple windows open and still see what else is open and like work in a productive way on your iPad? So I think it makes a lot more sense for that to add Stage Manager and it's way better than just split screen because you can like resize up to four apps on your screen on your mm -hmm. iPad now. But on the Mac, you never, it's like, solving a problem that wasn't there. And now it's, to me, it just makes it a little more confusing. Um, like what's, it's it's hard to describe. Like you can resize up to four windows together, but I notice a lot of times when I go click on things and things are like zooming around on my screen into corners that I feel like I didn't want it to go there. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just unnecessarily complicating my life. Yeah, I, I actually really agree. It's solving a problem that wasn't there because it also, it's using AI to determine like what shows up in your, uh, options of what you can click on and sometimes it does it incorrectly so there's an app that i use a lot that it just decided shouldn't show up there and so yeah i couldn't access it and the truth is is that i love multitasking on my mac i think there's a lot of great tools for multitasking on my mac as we've talked about there's shortcuts there's hotkeys there's a bunch apps, yeah resizing windows um i agree with you though that i think it was solving a problem for the ipad that needed to be solved i haven't gotten to test it very much yet because my ipad's kind of old and i just haven't been using it that much um, but i will test and report back because i'm really curious how multitasking works on the app iPad now. Have you tested it? Yeah, so it makes a lot more sense on the iPad. Um, it still is a learning curve, like all of the, the iPad's multitasking features. I know. The main thing that I can see like, that's nice about adding it to the Mac, though, too, is just that um, once you're trained up on doing it on your iPad, it works the same on your Mac. So then you're kind of like using the same skills across devices. And by the way, right now, it's um, it's in the control center on your Mac, so you can turn it on and off as you want. 
Yes. So I've just been turning it off mainly, but like turning it on once in a while to try to push myself to do it. <laughs> but I keep on finding myself wanting to turn it back off, and that says something. That does say something. Um, yeah. Oh, another. Let me a couple fun ones here that I haven't used regularly, but I actually think are cool and useful. This one is again, it's like really obvious, but I actually think it's cool. Uh, there's a weather app. Oh, weather. Yeah, weather app. <laughs> you may not realize that there actually was no weather app on your Mac up until now. I didn't realize it until they added it and then I was like wow I actually didn't even know I was missing it but I was uh, so you have the weather app uh, and it is a nice they did a good job designing it for the Mac it's a nice user interface I find it much nicer to just log into an app than try to go to weather.com there's, there's no ads it's a cleaner interface it loads instantly and also then has a corresponding widget which you can have so the weather app another one that is cool that i haven't played around with too much is con continuity camera which basically lets you use your iphone as a as a camera for your computer as a webcam. Um, so that's really useful if you have a computer that doesn't have a webcam. It also, because the iPhone is mobile, you it gives you a lot of power. If you're, let's say you're doing a FaceTime call and you wanna be showing somebody in that corner and you wanna be showing somebody over there, you can, have, you can have the call on your computer screen, but using this to actually move around and show people. It was seamless too. I will say that feature was really easy to use and seamless in a way that was impressive. Yeah, the continuity camera, it's one of those things that I actually thought was more of a novelty that I actually think is pretty awesome. Yeah. We, in our class last week, we demoed that and did like a side by side also of the M1 MacBooks um, uh, front facing camera versus the iPhone. And like the quality was so much better. On yeah, iPhone. the quality is better. The webcams in general are the, um, sorry. What do you call the front-facing camera on the MacBook Air? I just call them webcams, to the be webcam, honest. I guess, yeah, is it, is not good. No. Like, on the very newest MacBooks, they're a little better. Like, they are 1080p they now. They finally got to 1080p, which is wild. The latest Macs. And people yeah. keep your Macs for longer, so probably a lot of you listening don't have the newest. Yes. Um, and even with the newest, the, your iPhone, if you have, like, a, late, a newer model, is going to be better quality. Yeah. So the other thing that's cool about it is that it you can use certain lighting effects that from your iPhone um, for your video calls. So there was like a portrait lighting setting, of course the blurring your background, which you could do already, but there was like three different video settings that just make you look better. Oh, interesting, um, I didn't know that. that. That's like nice that you can enable from the control center when you go to the video um, button in control center. Uh, the, so I think the things that are tricky with it is that it does just require that you have accessories around your MacBook that you could prop your iPhone on. So there are some MagSafe clips that um, Collins tested out that you like clip, just stick it on the top of your iPhone and MagSafe lets you attach your iPhone without having to like clamp it into something. So mm -hmm. You can kind of quickly toss it on there and get on a call and it's pretty easy. But in general with accessories, it's like, I just am not good at carrying them around with me yeah. and having them when I need it. So that's the biggest thing that's a downside. Or you can use a tripod if you want to like angle it somewhere that's not just sitting right over your MacBook webcam. Yeah. Um, but so you, that just requires that you have those things. I could also link in the show notes to a couple options, those clips for those of you who want to try out the continuity camera, because I have to say it was cool. It is really cool. All right. So just to back up for a second, before we wrap up this section, uh, Mac OS Ventura is free to download, uh, but it is only available for Macs running. I believe it's like 2017 and later. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so it so is, that's the downside. Yeah, it is for newer, newer Macs. Um, 
but especially if you have one that's in like in the that you got in the last like, four years, I would recommend going ahead and doing it's, it's you know, stable. The 17 one, it's probably like up for debate whether you would even want to. I, I don't want to comment because I just haven't read that much on how it's working on the older devices. In general, though, I found it to be stable. It isn't slowing down my computer. It isn't crashing things. The one exception I will say, I don't know if you've had this problem, uh, mail search. It's supposed to be very improved. I believe them that it is, but for me, my search has been not functioning very well. Um, we've had some problems with our ESP, though, so that actually might not yeah, be a Mac mail. No, what's the <laughs> yeah? What's the root of our many problems in the mail? Yeah, mail? exactly. Yeah, but overall, I feel like there are some solid features that it's worth having it for. There's also a clock app that wasn't there. <laughs> Whether the clock or both the apps that like you just assumed were there but weren't. But the clock app, it's nice. Um, you know, having a remote workplace or if you have family living in different areas, it is nice to see, like. The time zones of all the important people in your life yes uh, and you, the clock app on the mac makes it really easy to check out the world clock and you can have like saved your favorite locations that's what colin showed off in the um in the meeting that he can easily go into the clock app and see where all of his coworkers, like the time of all the coworkers, to know like when's the right time to reach out to that's them. cool i yeah, like that i thought that was a nice way to use it and we keep referencing the course. We are teaching a course to insiders right now. Uh, it's available on demand. So well, we're wrapping up the live form version of it. So you feel free. If you're an insider, please attend. If not, sorry, I'm losing my mic here. Uh, if you're not an insider, go ahead and subscribe. iPhoneLife.com slash podcast discount and attend the last few classes live and watch the first few. And we'll teach you everything you need to know about Mac OS Ventura. Yes. Uh, any last thoughts on macOS Ventura for you? Uh, no, I think that covers it. How about All you? All right. Uh, I would love to hear her question of the week. If uh, you have any thoughts on macOS Ventura, how you're enjoying it or not, <laughs> email us at podcast at iphonelife.com and, and let us know. I will say as a part of thought for <laughs> macOS Ventura, I'm not completely damning stage manager or <laughs> and I am going to keep pushing myself to use it and see if I can get used to it. Just like I haven't, it's not been like a supernatural, like, oh, I'm definitely going to use this all the time reaction. I think that's fair. I think I could be pleasantly surprised. I think when I use it, it's well thought out and works pretty well, unlike some other solutions they've done in the past. So I think for me, I haven't latched onto it yet, but it's worth trying. It's not a bad feature. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So this wraps up our episode of the iPhone Life podcast. We have so many questions for you this week. We want to hear about your thoughts on the Lenza app. We would love to see your artificial intelligence images if you feel like sharing any of them with us. We also wanted to hear your thoughts on, remind me, oh, on uh, smart speakers, whether you're in the Amazon Echo or HomePod Siri boat. And we also wanted to hear your thoughts on Mac OS Ventura. So email us at podcast.iphonelife.com. We always love hearing from all of you. And if you like this podcast, make sure to share it with your friends. Uh, help spread the word, help support what we're doing as a small independent publisher. And we really appreciate it. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with our next episode. Thanks everyone. Thank you.